Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 252. Today is Monday, June 19th, not 14th, June 19th, 2023. Why are we doing a pre-record? Because today is actually today, as in June 19th, is my 12-year anniversary with my wife. Woo! Um, so we're, you know, taking the day off kind of, sort of. And yeah, so uh, actually I'm also interviewing today, if you haven't checked it out, on Elijah Streams, I am interviewing Jim Caviezel. So that is really cool. Um, so that's, I'm I'm taking the day off, but then I'm also doing, actually, I'm sorry, I'm pre-recording it. It's premiering tomorrow, which is Tuesday, May tw- or June 20th. I'm all over the place. But yeah, so I'm pre-recording. That's why we're also pre-recording this. So it's like a whole interwoven thing. Uh, but yeah, it's my 12-year anniversary. Super excited. Love my wife. You guys know that. I'm very vocal about that. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, I love... We, we, you know, we always go hard on the big, exciting things like birthdays, anniversary, all that stuff. Although this year, we've got a lot going on. So we're kind of like... Kind of like... It's a little bit more of a chill day, but we're still spending time together. So... If you guys are listening to this on Spotify, make sure to follow the Elijah Fire podcast on Spotify. That'll really help us out. And then if you're listening on the Spotify app, make sure to give us an honest review. If you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to give us an honest review. Google Podcasts, honest review. We really appreciate that. That really helps us out as well. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all I got. Um, We got a lot of ground to cover. We were talking before backstage with my guest, Jesse. We get a lot of juicy tidbits to hit on, a lot of really great stuff. Um, So for those of you who don't know who she is, she's a revivalist. She's a missionary. She's also the director of Saturate Global. Let's give it up for my guest today, Jesse Green. Jesse Green. Hi, Jeff. Happy anniversary. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. So good. Yeah. I actually really appreciate when people have a high value for celebration because I myself also have a high value for celebration. And I think Christians need to like really prioritize birthdays, anniversaries, and just having more fun. Uh huh. I always get kind of weirded out. I'm respectful, but I get kind of weirded out when like people are like, I don't want anybody to know my, it's my birthday. I'm like, why not? Like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, people are like, please don't make a big deal out of it. I'm like, Oh man, Lord help me. Cause I want to make a big deal out of it. You know, trying but to be I'm the same way, but I'm, I'm like, the same way. we, we are, we have one life to live on this earth. We should be celebrating things, not being somber all the time. My goodness. You know, so Amen. <laughs> I'm definitely in agreement with that. Um, okay. Jesse, we have, there's a lot to cover there's a lot you gave me a lot of a lot of stuff one thing i want to hit right out of the gate is um you recently did a camp it was like a well why don't you describe what it is and you can talk talk about how that was yeah so essentially um we just wrapped up what we call our camp meeting our national camp meeting literally people come from all over the world we had people from egypt from australia from oh. israel come in um, I think 37 states represented 
which is just really cool because um, even just connecting people from different parts of the nation. Um, but what I love about it is essentially we started doing this um, in 2021. And after doing the beach revivals in 2020, we we're asking God for our next steps. And I was actually doing an interview at Sid Ross and in his hallway, he has a picture um, and it's just of this campsite and the glory of God just coming down right in the middle. Um, and uh, basically the whole cloud by day, fire by night, but someone had painted it like an illustration. And I saw it and the Holy Spirit just moved upon me and said, you know, I want you to invite people to turn off their phones, get away for a few days and just come and camp. And it definitely has to be the Lord because I'm from New York. I'm like not really an outdoorsy girl. Like I prefer <laughs> hotels with white sheets and my husband's a like camping guy. And so when I told my husband Parker, he was like, this has got to be from God because you would never plan something like that. <laughs> and so we did our first camp meeting in July, 2021 in Kentucky. Um, in a small town called Nicholasville, which is actually eight minutes away from Asbury. Oh, wow. And uh, literally thousands of people came to this plot of dirt in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. And hundreds and hundreds of people came in camp. And we saw so many baptisms, healings, deliverance, and just revival breakout. And I really do believe prophetically it was a precursor to what happened in Asbury. Um, even people left that meeting and started doing prayer circles around the campus and pastors from the region just got um, baptized and recommitted their lives to Jesus to just go all in and not compromise. So since then, um, this is our third annual camp meeting. Uh, we hosted it on our own land for the first time ever on our big blueberry farm, the blueberry farm. Yeah, the big blueberry farm, which we actually have so many blueberries right now. It's insane. So everyone can come and pick some blueberries. Um, but it was incredible. We had um, Prophet Jeremiah Johnson with us. Uh, we had Todd and Karen Smith from Christ Fellowship Church. And they've been leading the North Georgia Revival. Uh, their ministry, they've baptized over 50,000 people in the last five years. and. Uh, We've wow. seen a lot of synergy with them, obviously with baptisms, and they have so many crazy testimonies of like literally people going in the waters with cancer and coming out with no cancer, and they have the uh -huh. scans and um, everything. So anyway, we had that this weekend, and it was just amazing. The first night, there was just a deep call to repentance, and People were just weeping. We baptized hundreds of people and uh, we're getting the final numbers in and um, there was physical healings. We just this morning got a report that one girl got healed of several illnesses in her body. She's pulling together the medical report with her doctor um, and it, families restored. One family was on the brink of divorce. And uh, the husband and wife recommitted their marriage this weekend. Wow. And it, just so much breakthrough. And it just was like, it just felt so holy. And I think that's one of my favorite things about camp meeting is people just turn off the, like all the distractions. Um, we have this really cool story of this girl 
um, that came and went to the evangelism training. And she went to like a subway, like restaurant thing Mm -hmm. and uh, shared the gospel with one of the workers there. That evening, the worker came to the camp meeting with her two sons and she ended up getting saved and baptized. The next night, Mm. her two sons who were struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts, they ended up getting baptized. And then Sunday, their whole family came to our church that we just started and are going to start discipleship this week. And I was like, from Thursday to Sunday, this whole family is like, lives are totally transformed. Mm -hmm. And so it's just cool to see, like, you don't often get to see like that full circle, like evangelism training. And now this family is in discipleship. Mm -hmm. And so it just, it feels like, um, at camp meeting, there's just like a acceleration on the things of God. It just happens like quickly and fast. Wow. And is this something that you guys are going to do just like for the foreseeable future annually? Is that something you guys are planning on doing? Yes. So we actually, um, in the next few days, we'll be announcing everything for 2024. Nice. Um, but it's pretty much a green light until God gives us the red light. Um, but because we have our own lands now, we were able to build these beautiful glamping tents that people could rent. Yeah, there um, we go. So we have that available. And um, yeah, it will be June 6th through the 9th of next year. And I'll send you the link to it, Jeff, too. But yeah. um, registrations this month are free. So if people register this month, they can go for absolutely Oh, free. snap. I think you had some people at glamping, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, you had me at glamping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on. Um, okay, so let's let's kind of jump in because, you know, we're talking about, I mean, you are a revivalist. That's something that you're really big on, but backstage you were talking about something I think is really important to address. And that is the, the value of staying the course. A lot of people that have entered into the, um, the content, you know, contending for revival and, and, and putting their hand to the proverbial plow. Um, but there are some people that have begun to settle that you've noticed about. And so I think it's an important thing um, because I I do think, you know, we were talking about prophecy backstage and how sometimes with prophecy, you can, you know, it's kind of like in the moment you're like, Whoa, this is a, this word is legit. And then all of a sudden it's like flavor of the week. And all of a sudden you're you're like next. And then I don't think that it's in our heart to do, but it just, if, if we allow ourselves to just kind of be reactionary in terms of like what we take in, we can, those other things can get lost in the mix. And that's, God spoke those things for a reason. So um, all that to say, I think even with like the thing you mentioned Asbury, that, you know, everyone was really excited about that. That died down. And then obviously there was a thing that happened in Pasadena that you were a part of as well, that I'm sure, you know, because we're seeing all these different things pop up that are, I believe are a sign of a much bigger thing that's going to come. But it's easy if we're not careful to look at that one thing as an isolated incident, you get your dopamine hit and then you go about your merry way. Um, and so I would love to hear, you know, you can talk about as much as you want, as long as you want. But I know you've got some stuff to share regarding that. Yeah, I actually I love the word that you used to describe it kind of like this flavor of the week thing, even when it comes to the prophetic, because um I actually feel like that's a real temptation right now in the body of Christ is to um, it's almost like getting like another like heroin hit 
-hmm. when it comes to the things of God. And there's a real caution, I think, when we pursue the things of God that way. Um, And I I do feel like, especially when it comes to the prophetic, uh, it's funny when you read the Old Testament, I sometimes I'm like moved really by like the story of Noah. And it's like, he got like one word. And I think sometimes we don't feel like one word from God is enough. And it sometimes diminishes that we're talking about like the God who created the universe is talking to you. And I really felt like um, even in our ministry, we're like looking back at some of the old words that God gave us. And, uh, you know, it's always exciting to do the next thing, the new thing Mm -hmm. and forget the former things, but also forget the former promises. And I think a lot of people right now, myself included, Jeff, like I'm really like I'm I'm going through stuff myself right now where I'm like, okay, where have I thought things because the world said that this was important and not necessarily my assignment Wow. and not necessarily what God even wants my focus on. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll I'll give a really clear one. And this is like going to be really hard for a lot of people to understand. And this is why. All of this is rooted in our relationship with Jesus. And uh, you ha- I would say more than ever, you have to pursue that alone time with God because otherwise um, we won't be able to distinguish the difference between good things and the things that God has set apart for us. And so I'm going to, one personal example is I'll take the, the ministry of deliverance. Okay. okay. So deliverance is amazing. Casting out demons is so fun. Like it is the most fun thing ever. And I love ministering and casting out demons. Some of my friends are some of the most like uh, influential deliverance ministers that are out right now, right? You have the demon slayers out there, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they're doing amazing things from God. So we had one of them come to one of our events and it, there must have been, this was about a month ago, there must have been, Jeff, over, I would say over 150, like, legit deliverances that happened that night. Wow. Like, real, like, demons leaving people's bodies. And I, our whole team was so excited about it. And as we were doing this, I was like, this is so awesome. This is so awesome. And deliver, like, deliverance is kind of like, trendy right now it like has attention right now we shared one reel from that night and it got um over what what was it no it was like five million views on instagram whoa (laughs) yeah like it went it's i think it's 5.5 million views on instagram this reel went so viral and all of a sudden there's like this little bait and it's like we should do more of that Mm-hmm. Right. It seems like it's working and people care about it and God's on it. Right. And I got into the secret place and was just journaling and praying. And the Lord said, that's not what I've assigned you to do. Wow. And he said to me, he said, I've called you to lead people into repentance. And a revivalist main objective is not glory, is not miracles, is not deliverance. It's not even healing. The main purpose of a revivalist is to call the church into repentance. Mm. And and honestly, 
repentance sermons, they don't go viral on Instagram, right? No. <laughs> and no. the Lord was like, you need to stay in line with what I've assigned you to do. And all of a sudden I felt like, Jeff, I got this big prophetic picture of the body of Christ, especially those that are called to public ministry. And I feel like there's this temptation to do what's popular, even what's trendy on social media, and to lose the power and the anointing in your actual assignment. Wow. Especially those that are called to revival right now. I want to caution you, if you feel called to revival right now, do not do something based on what's popular on social media. Hmm. Your main objective is to partner with the Holy Spirit to turn the hearts of the people in the church to return to their first love. That is the wow. main job of a revivalist. And it is, honestly, it's not the hmm. fun job all the time. No. And it's fun when like lots of people are coming, right? Mm. And you're seeing the outworkings of it, right? Yeah. The outworkings, the mm -hmm. miracles and healings and stuff like that. But um, I'm seeing a temptation rise to pursue the outworkings and to lose the focus of the main thing. Well, and you have a, a lot of authority to speak in, into this because of the nature of how this all kind of began for you in Southern California, where... God had you preaching and you weren't seeing a whole lot of fruit for a long time. So, you know, about, uh, doing the hard work and, um, and being diligent in that, like, you know, and I'm sure, I mean, there were moments where you were like, I mean, kind of going back to what you said, like, is one word not enough from the Lord? I love that you said that. Um, but just being like, did God really tell me to do this? Cause I'm not seeing oh, totally. anything, you know? And like, that's where the, the bond between you and the Lord grows even stronger when you persevere in those moments, especially when you're like, there's a lot of other low hanging fruit that I could be doing, but I'm doing this um, and not getting distracted by that low hanging fruit or the fruit of you pursuing the thing that God asked you to do and not getting obsessed with the fruit, but going, hold on, that's, that's just a byproduct of, of me being diligent and persevering. Even honestly, Jeff, when it comes to the prophetic, right? Like I get lots of prophetic words from all different people. Sure. And the Lord's even challenged me, like, don't just have faith for the words that bless you. Like have faith for the words that you know are from me. And I know mm -hmm. even like there's a temptation in us. Like we love the prophetic words that this is going to be the year that we see breakthrough. This is going to be the year that we see increase, right? Who doesn't want increase, multiplication, abundance, mm -hmm. prosperity, right? You're a pioneer. Yeah. You're amazing. You're so awesome. We love those words. We don't love the prophetic words that are like, you've maybe made some things idols or, you know, God wants you to sell everything that you have. And he's calling you to a higher level of consecration or God's calling you into a season of maybe it feels like you're alone, but he is with you and he wants to give you a greater revelation of his mm -hmm. nearness yeah. right now. We don't put those prophetic words on our refrigerator. We put the ones that are like breakthrough, healing, miracles and double abundance are trouble, coming, you know, <laughs> yeah, double for your trouble. You've yeah. got a double portion. You have John the Baptist mantle. And it's like nothing in your life looks like John the Baptist at all. And we just want the ministry, the the 
the fame, the notoriety that comes with those mantles. We don't want the cost, the consecration, the testing, the weighing, the journey that actually gets us to the place. And I really do feel like, um, and I'm just hearing this literally right now as we're speaking from the Lord, as you're talking, Jeff, um, it's funny. It's so weird. It always does go back to that seven waves vision. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Because every wave is connected. And that first one is the separating of the wheat and tares. And as you're talking, I'm getting this revelation right now Mm. that even the bait for the low hanging fruit is another separation of the wheat and tares now even in those that are called to ministry. So even now, let's say you're healing ministers, right? The temptation now is separating the chaff from the real wheat, right? Because now as God's raising his standard for what I believe he's going to pour out in America, you know, everyone wants to be a revivalist right now. No one wanted to be a revivalist 10 years ago. It was not glamorous. It was not glamorous. No one even really knew what it was. And it was kind of like, kind of weird and like doing a tent meeting was really weird and now it's like kind of cool it's kind of trendy but i think that this testing of fame and uh, compromise and all of that is again that first wave of separating the wheat and the tares because you know a lot of people are revivalists right now but i think god's separating them so then for the next thing he's gonna pour out we'll see who who gets through that refining fire. Mm, Well, and even going back to what you're talking about, about like everybody loves the words about like, uh, you know, abundance and all of that. Those are the ones we put on our fridge or on our bathroom mirror or whatever it is. Um, I would even argue, I mean, because there are some people that may be going, Oh, maybe, maybe that I like in the time it really stirred in my spirit. Maybe it is true, but there's so much assumption like this is something that god is constantly working on with me is is even on a subconscious level how much assumption i put into a word right if you hear abundance right you hear abundance and you go okay that means xyz i'm like maybe it doesn't mean xyz maybe it means maybe it it, it is true but we have to start from someplace and sometimes it's like god's like this is what i'm doing and you're like woo but he's like and now let's go back in order for that to even be possible. And we look at God, what happened? Why is this happening to me? I'm like, the word he gave you is coming to pass, but there's a bad foundation and we need to, you know what I mean? And and that's something that God has really like worked on me throughout the years of realizing, like, don't assume, like, don't make an assumption of, of, of a perceived outcome that like, yeah. Oh, okay. This doesn't mean I'm going to, this means I'm going to, I'm not going to go through. I was actually talking to God about this, this very morning uh, as I was wow. getting ready for the day. So um, just about like some, some kind of intense things happening in our lives. And I'll be honest, like I really started to feel pessimism start to kind of creep in of like, like, man, I just don't want to, I don't want to go through a hard thing again. Like this is just, um, and, and realizing like, Hey, maybe I need to shift my focus. I felt a conviction from the Holy Spirit of like, like I'm assuming that all of a sudden God's like, okay, now I'm going to put him through hard stuff again, you know? And and my perception of it is negative, but it's actually not what it's producing is something necessary for the next thing God has for me, you know? And so I think, yeah, like so often we do, we do fall into that. Like, 
assumption thing. And sometimes it's even subconsciously. Yeah. And I think it's funny because something that I recently, we had a staff meeting about two or three weeks ago. And I actually said to our staff, I was like, you know, I really do feel like another level of consecration is happening Mm. in our staff. And uh, what worked in the past is not going to work for the next thing that the Lord wants to do. Even like our, like, you know, this sounds weird, but even when it comes to sacrifice, like we could think like we gave one big thing once to God and we're like good now. And it's like, like everyone in our staff has sold all of their belongings and moved across the country to do what we're doing. But there's this thing where we could become self-righteous where we think, okay, check mark did the like sold all my stuff and like all in for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then not realize like, no, this is like a daily lifestyle thing. And I think what's interesting is, um, okay, so I've shared this before on Elijah Fire, and I really believe it without a doubt. I believe that we we still are, we're only in 2023. We're in the very beginning of what God's doing. I felt like that seven waves vision that I've shared before that's in the Saturate book, I believe that it's from 2020 to 2030. And everything that happens after 2030 is dependent on what we do in this 10-year period. So we're still in the very beginning. We're in the year three of mm-hmm. this, right? But I believe like what you're saying too, what what he wants to pour out, what we've done thus far, we can't just stay settled. And we also just can't um, just be like, okay, like I'm good. Like I've done enough. And uh, this is all the Lord wants to do. I think, I know it's so stupid, but it's like, um, I'm just going to pull up this one verse that's coming to mind. And everyone has heard this verse a billion times. Um, And we were talking about it a lot at camp. John 3.16. Yes. God so loved the world. No. Everyone talks about this with revival, but I feel like this is a big key to this year. And even honestly, Jeff, I feel like it's a key to this summer. so Second Chronicles 7:14, which everyone uses for revival, it says, If my people, which are called by my name, so this is the church, this is not the sinners, this is for the church, shall humble themselves again. So that's step one. So again, that's the opposite of the temptation of bait, fame, and self-promotion, which I feel like I, I've been saying to my husband lately, I'm like, why is self-promotion so permissible in the body of Christ? Like, yeah, I know I can tell you, well, actually I'm going to say something on this. I wasn't going to share this, but I feel like I can say this. So a week ago or a week and a half ago, I had a vision and in the vision um, was Bob Jones, the late prophet that most Mm -hmm. people have heard of very accurate, well-established prophet. And in the vision, he had like food all over him. Like he was wearing this white shirt and he had food all over him. Like he was a mess. Like it looked like there was like barbecue sauce on him. Like he was just like a mess. And in the vision, this woman came up to him and he gave her this very specific prophetic word and pretty much outlined her entire destiny to her. And she falls to the ground crying. And she said in the vision, she goes, 
Like I've never heard something so accurate. You've spoken to everything inside of me. And like it set the course for her entire life. And in the word was hardship and promise, but she mm-hmm. knew it was from the Lord. And so in the vision, I, I like say to God, I go, why are there no prophets that have like this level of accuracy like Bob Jones? Like we so often refer to Bob Jones prophecies. And I was like, why do we not see like that same level in anyone right now in the body of Christ? And the Lord said to me, he goes, because the prophetic has become too professional. Hmm. And I was like, okay. And so I like thought about it for a second. And then the Lord said to me, he goes, there's a temptation of self-promotion that is infiltrating the the prophetic movement and it's robbing them from their effectiveness. Mm. And I wrote this down. I shared it with several prophets that are like true friends that I like really care about that are well-known prophets. And I was like, let's be careful in these days, not take the bait of self-promotion because um, I think it could ruin our prophetic voices in these days. Mm. And uh, I just felt like there was a little warning from God. And so it says this, it says in second Chronicles, if we shall humble themselves. So that's the first thing is laying down our glory, laying down our notoriety, naming like, and honestly, a lot of people are like, yes, I want to be humble. But when you grow in influence, when you grow in favor, especially those that are growing right now, their ministries are exploding. That's when it's hard to be humble. That's when it's hard to say, listen, I'm not going to do this in my own strength. I, I need to rely on the Lord. Yeah. And then he says, and pray, which I feel like, especially for revivalists and miracle ministers, prayer is the first thing that gets dropped. Yeah. Why? <laughs> it's like, why? I've been, on Saturday, I found myself running around camp meeting, like so busy meeting with all these people. And the Holy Spirit whispered to me and he said, go to the other side of the field and pray. You are too distracted. Mm. And I was like, I don't have time. And then I felt like, wow, that was so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I just told God, I don't have time to talk to him because I'm so busy ministering. But It's like, I I know it's like, but that's what happens. And I feel like, especially for those that work in miracles, healing signs and wonders, there's a temptation to neglect prayer or to delegate prayer. Mm. And um, I'm like, the prayer is not just for like the old ladies. It's, it's for every single one of us. Yeah. And then it says, and seek my face, which is again, prioritizing his presence and then turn from their wicked ways, which is the assumption that in the body of Christ, we may be pursuing wicked ways which again, Jeff, is a caution for every single one of us that's pursuing revival, that's pursuing reformation, that we want to see a great renaissance, which I think God wants to do all of those things. And we're going to see all of those things happen, but we can't neglect these things because with this comes a promise that he's going to heal our land, which ultimately more than revival, more than renaissance, more than reformation, we need America to be healed. Oh, yeah. And we, we need him to do it. But he says, if you do these things, I will heal your land. 
And so it feels like these next 10 years are not only an outpouring in so many ways of what God's going to do, but also a testing to see like, will we neglect the important things and only pursue his glory? And so I'm even seeing like so many of my friends and ministers where it's like the main topic now is miracles and glory. Hmm. And there's a, a complete neglect of holiness, the gospel, and the the message of Jesus. And yeah. so it's yeah, just backstage, that. Backstage, you said that you were saying, oh, these aren't, that's not, you were saying there's a pursuit of miracle miracles and the glory. And then you were like, that's not revival though. And so I wanted you to expand on that a little bit because I think it's really important. Yeah. So not a lot of people have studied revival. And if anyone feels called to revival, wants to pray for revival, wants revival, I would encourage you study revival, study it biblically. So Jonah is a great story of one of the first biblical revivals. We see a whole nation return to the Lord He's kind of like pissed that it even happens. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a, a, a like a bitter revivalist. Uh-huh. But but we see it throughout scripture, right? And this theme of the Lord calling people back to himself mm-hmm. and calling his people back to himself, which is what revival is. It's being revived. It's those that once were revived being revived again. It's that return your first love it's breaking up of that fallow ground and we can see it throughout history right we see the first great awakening in america the second great awakening we see azusa street right and a jesus people movement but we can neglect we can oftentimes try to model um the later years of those movements and neglect what initiated them And every single revival has been birthed in a move of repentance, Hmm. a return to the gospel, a return to consecration. And from that, right, it says if we pray, we humble ourselves, if we Mm -hmm. seek his face, right, he'll pour out revival. And so what happens is, is as our hearts are cut, as we return to him, then we see this huge outbreak in deliverance, healings miracles right and pouring out his spirit because that's what god always does Mm -hmm. like where the presence of jesus is there is healing Mm -hmm. where the presence of jesus is there are miracles right like you can know you're in his presence because that stuff is the most natural thing in his presence but what we can end up doing is neglect the repentance neglects the holiness neglects the call to consecration neglects the gospel Right. I've been to some revival meetings where they don't preach even the gospel and they're just pursuing glory and miracles. And not that glory and miracles are wrong. I love glory. I love miracles. But we need revival because we need to return to him. Mm-hmm. Right. And in doing so, he will give you more miracles, pour out his glory in ways you've never even seen before. You know, I have glory encounters in my bedroom. I don't even need to go to a revival meeting because I've been revived, mm-hmm. right? And so his ultimate goal is that we would then become full of his Holy Spirit and then be moving in such a way where we're literally so full of fire that we actually start to impact the world around us. Mm, yeah. And 
just pursuing miracles, just pursuing glory will not accomplish that. Yeah. I think that's great. It's like making it more about the fruit than the tree that produced the fruit in the first place. Um, yeah. It's funny you say that. My husband just preached about that on oh, he Sunday. Did? Wow. Yeah. He just preached about Romans eight and he was literally saying about how like he had this little tiny blueberry plant and he says, he's like, sometimes with our decrees, we could just scream like make blueberries, make blueberries. And we don't realize like it has to go into soil and actually it's going to take some process before this plant actually has blueberries, but it's a blueberry plant. So it will produce that, but it has to be in the right conditions and actually go through the process of producing it. And he's like, you could decree till you're blue in the face, but no blueberry is going to come off that branch right. until it's gone through its process. Mm -hmm. When I think too, like there are times, weird times where God's like, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, there's blueberries. And then we go, okay, now that's every time. I'm like, <laughs> no, that was an exception. Totally. Most of the time it's going to take, you know, nine times out of 10, 9.99 times out of 10. It's going to take a process. It's going to take soil. It's going to take nurturing. It's going to take watering, pruning, all that stuff. Um, but that you were talking about the seven ways prophecy for, so from 2020 to 2023, really, um, because last, I think it was last time or the time before you said that what we do during this 10 year window is going to, is, is really, really crucial um, to what, what follows. Um, and it's funny because we clipped out that part, we posted it and people got upset and, <laughs> and I'm like, people don't like that. I they don't like, guarantee like well, anything you clip out for me. People get upset. I have like this anointing of offense. Yeah, I'm like, be baptized. And people are like, I don't see that in scripture. I'm like, no, it's, it's all over there. <laughs> it's everywhere. Yeah, I'm sure you got some heat over like, there was like a version Bible app thing. And they were talking about <laughs> baptism. You go, actually, that's not what it is. And you like pull up the scripture and you point. Uh, I'm sure people were like, oh, how oh yeah. Dare you? <laughs> um, you know, and so um, and I was like, yeah, go Jesse. Um, but no, like, I think the reality though is people don't like that whole thing of like, you know, it's like, like a prophetic word. Sometimes there can be this, this thing that we do where we automatically just suddenly let go and go on rails. We let ourselves go on rails and go, mm. okay, well, this is, it becomes fatalism where we're like, okay, this is going to happen. I'm like, hold on, man. Like, like there's, there is an, there is an element of us in that like where God wants, a, it's an invitation to partner with God. And it's like, Absolutely. if God says this is going to happen and we go, okay. And then we all just lay there and nothing happens. Nothing's going to happen, you know? And I think right. that like, there is this kind of fatalistic um, viewpoint that we have towards the Lord, which is actually very, honestly, like it's a very Muslim viewpoint. Like, like the, wow. you know, my, the um, which is pretty, pretty wild. And, and, you know, wow. I have a lot of, I was in missions. I have a lot of friends that ministered in the middle East and talked about like, I'll just go into it just for a second. Like, um, like my, one of my friends is a midwife and she was over in, um, one of the countries in the middle East. And, um, they were doing a lot of like, um, uh, physical hygiene for young girls and things like that, working on them with that. And there was a very fatalistic mindset of like, oh, if Allah wills, my daughter will will get better in this area. And it was something that was completely treatable, but they wouldn't go to a doctor because they're like, if 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 Allah wills, and they wouldn't educate themselves on how to better 
train their daughters up in hygiene and all of that stuff. Right. And, and so it's, it's that level of severity. And there's a lot of studies that have been done about that mindset. And, and I was looking at it, I was like, dude, like we do that in the church too, where we're like, Oh, if God, God wills it, it'll happen. And I'm like, yeah, but like, you need to actually position yourself. So it's like, if God comes to you, Justin says, I'm going to give you influence, uh, in, um, I don't know, whatever economic stuff, you know, and in, in business and stuff like that, start learning about business. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Like start, <laughs> right. like why is God going to open a door for you? And look, there have been rare instances where God, or if like, oh, I'm calling you to minister in, in Mexico and you're going to move down there. Okay. I better learn Spanish. Like I better right. And I've, I've heard of rare instances where God just deposits a supernatural acceleration in learning a language. I've, I've right. talked to people that's happened to, however, man, learn the language, like right. learn about the culture, learn about those things, like prepare yourself so that when that door opens, you're like, I mean, boom, like, let's go, you know? And it's like, why do we, it's so easy for us to go okay, well, I'm going to be, I want to be in the Olympics. Okay. I better train up in this thing. I better go hard. And we're like, yeah, of course. But when it comes to the things of the Lord, suddenly we're like, okay, God, give it to me. Right. Give me. me. (laughs) Well, it's funny too, because I think it's connected Jeff to even like, I think spiritually there has been such a rise to just apathy in general. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think part of the plague of apathy in our nation is this idea of things just happening to us. And I know it's funny because I'm like, you could sell, like you can make millions of dollars right now selling courses on just mindset and Christian or non-Christian because so many people in the body and out of the body of Christ have just such unhealthy mindset. And you don't even have to be a Christian to understand, like if you think horrible things all day long, right? You're not going to produce good fruit. Right. And uh, like, we understand that there are kingdom principles that have been established on the earth that affect you, whether you're a believer or not. Mm -hmm. And like sowing and reaping is just a kingdom principle. You don't have to be a believer to reap the benefits of sowing and reaping. It just Mm -hmm. exists. It's a law, right? And I think we don't understand that literally, like, because we were made in the image, every single person was made in the image of a creator that literally our ideas, our thoughts, our words literally do have power. Even I just listened to a podcast um, two days ago about how even like the rise and fall of the economy is just all based on an idea. And that really impacted me because everyone's talking about the economy is going to crash. Get ready, get ready, get ready. It's going to crash, it's going to crash, it's going to crash. Get ready, get ready, get ready. And when I heard this, they said, basically, the economy crashes because we believe it's going to. And that's what makes it all tumble. And I just had this idea where I was like, wow, I wonder what would happen if as believers, we started to really partner with the will of God and his word and what he's trying to establish by humbling ourselves, right? by seeking his face and praying together and actually saying, okay, maybe God's will is not for the economy to crash. Maybe we need some people. I told at the camp meeting we just did, 
I said, listen, if you want to be a revivalist, go get a job and be great at your job. Because most of you in this tent that want to lead revival, you're incompetent. So you don't even know how to lead yourself. You don't know how to take care of a budget and you want to organize huge events and, and you don't know how to organize your own life. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we neglect that the competency connected to prophetic words. Mm-hmm. And something my husband said this weekend was he actually was grieving because he goes, you know, he goes, I actually feel really bad for most people that attend prophetic events. He goes, because they get this prophetic word and they don't realize that they don't maybe have any of the skills yet to do those, the word that was given. And it's not just going to be magic. It's not just going to happen. You know, they need to learn some basic skills so that they can accomplish that word. That word's an invitation. Yeah. And I I just think when it comes to what God's going to do, again, I keep saying it's a 10 year, I think it's a 10 year testing. And for us to sit back apathetically um, is a real danger. And to just wait and wait and wait. The word I keep hearing from the Lord is push and pause, push and pause. And that's like the opposite of just sitting around and waiting for for magic. And so I think it's really important, though, that um, I keep telling people, I'm like, get some basic skills so that you can be a contributor to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. So one thing actually that I keep keeps popping in my head as we've been talking, and I would love to hear your thoughts on it, because I'm sure you have some strong opinions on it, is there is a group of people um, that have kind of adapted this mindset of like, they look at all the bad things happening, like you're mentioning the economy, things like that, okay? And they go, all right, um, they look at the outcome that would happen, but it's, and they're like, oh, it's going to be horrible and all these bad things and hide away and prep and all this weird stuff. Oh, totally. But it's all based on, and these are people who are believing Christians, um, but are like, all of their outcomes are perceived based on absolutely zero intervention from heaven whatsoever. Wow. And, and so, it, you know, oh, the economy's so bad and oh, China's going to invade and blah, blah. I hear it all. I hear a lot of stuff, Jesse. Oh, oh, I'm and, sure. I don't even know how you handle all the things yeah. you probably hear. <laughs> yeah. and, and so it just think that like, again, it's like this constant emphasis on what hell is doing. And look, I do think there's a time and a place absolutely protecting our children, all this crazy stuff that's being pushed on children right now. I do think it's important. So I'm not negating that. However, there is an overemphasis a lot of times. And if we're, if we're not careful, we can fall into that of like constantly looking at what the enemy's up to. I'm like, what is heaven doing? What is God's so will good. for this thing? So I want to hear your, th- your thoughts on it. Okay, Jeff, this is so crazy because you obviously don't know what I preach at camp meeting, but that's like what I preached about oh, wow. this weekend. Dude was that Dude. entire concept. So we are on the same page awesome. because, um, and I don't even know why I didn't bring it up to you, maybe because I felt like I labored it so hard this uh-huh. weekend. And then I was like, yeah, I did it, but I didn't share it anywhere online or anything. Yeah. So for the people that weren't um, there. Yeah, for those not there, but I love, love, love that you mentioned this because the thing the Lord's been saying to me is 
the church has got to get out of the defense position. Mm. Um, even honestly, I, I'm rereading and studying stuff in regards to even like spiritual warfare and how all of that works. Because I think sometimes, even so many times as a minister, when I talk to people, the whole mindset is I'm being attacked by Satan and I need weapons to like combat him. Right. And it's everything's like, ah, he's coming at me. He's coming mm -hmm. at me. And if only I could like prevent him from coming at me, I'd be okay. Like protect me, send angels to protect mm -hmm. me. And that's so much of the language. And we neglect the fact that Jesus is the victor. Boom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, and, and I, it's funny because I, I'm like, I feel like the Lord's taking me on this whole journey right now. My husband and I are talking about this so much. I'm like, we've even been talking about maybe writing a book about this, about, um, okay, what you believe about Jesus and what you believe about scripture molds how you live your Christian life, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you believe that the enemy is this big, bad guy, we're constantly on the defense, right? And you're going to stay in that defensive position. But I think what's happening, Jeff, is I think right now and in the days to come the lord is trying to reposition us to be on that offensive position so that we're actually taking ground and so i've even been saying like where we live in north carolina i want to set up enough ground for the kingdom where the enemy can't take the ground anymore that it's just held because it's right? possible. I don't think that people think it's possible, Jesse. It's so possible. And yeah. also we're commanded to do it. Yeah. Like that's the craziest thing too. So yeah. not only is it possible, right? Like there's a reason why apostles are called the language. They were called apostles and they weren't just called church planters, right? They were called to apostolize, to change regions like the Roman apostles did, right? To actually change the culture and actually transform cities, not just to put apostle on your business card and mm. say, like, I'm in charge of the rest of the fivefold. Like the apostleship was actually meant to infiltrate cities, win them and hold them. Like you would be a bad apostle in the times of the Bible, right? If you were not holding your territory. And so you would, they probably kill you or crucify you if you didn't hold that territory. And so even just historically, like if you look at Rome and how Rome expanded and infiltrated culture and made roads and all of that stuff, that was apostleship. That was mm -hmm. what we're called and commanded to do in the body of Christ. And I think what happens is um, if we stay in this belief of us being in defense. Okay, so I'm even going to talk about Target for a second. I know that like this is a hot topic right now, right? So Pop Target made these these um clothings and products and we can't believe it. And we need to revolt against them. And I, I just think it's again, that's the defensive position, right? So the offensive position is okay, God, what do you want us to innovate? What do you want us mm. to create, right? So that people don't have to shop at Target anymore and they can shop at something better, right? Yeah. Or, um, and I think people don't even realize too, like when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your resources, like we're laughing because people are like, I'm not going to Target for a week. And we're like, wow, you're so <laughs> bold and radical. Like if you guys think that that's what's going to do it, yeah. I'm like, 
if you can't go to Target for a week, you probably have an addiction and need mm -hmm. healing. Yeah. Because that's a whole bigger issue, right? But I think also, Jeff, when it comes to spiritual matters specifically, um, I think we need to stop thinking that we're totally powerless and things are just happening at us. And we need to pray, pray, pray to make the bad things go away mm -hmm. and not understand that, no, like we were supposed to preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead to to combat the enemy and to make war on him, like to make things horrible for him, to remind him that he's defeated. And I think when, even when it comes to deliverance, when we approach things from like, oh, I'm being attacked. And one thing I'll say this too, a big danger in the charismatic movement, especially, is we have made um, attacks from the enemy as a marker um, or justifier that we're doing something holy from God. Hmm. So I get emails and messages all the time. And they're like, Jesse, I was, I, I came to camp meeting and you would not believe the warfare that I, I had on the way there. And it's almost like, it feels like this blue check mark that like, I must be doing something for God because I got attacked. And it's like, no, if you're a basic Christian, you're going to be attacked from the enemy mm -hmm. because you're on the opposite side. Now the real like marker that you're doing things for the kingdom is that he's terrified that you're attacking him and that you're actually making progress and healing the sick, casting out demons and actually walking in authority where when he gets attacked, you say, no, 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 this is not permissible anymore. You can't attack me. You can't attack my family. You've gone too far. Mm -hmm. And so I think that whole mindset change really needs to happen in the body of Christ. Yeah. And also, too, something else I was thinking about is, you know, we for years we prayed for uh, greater influence and God, we want to excel in these areas, you know, take ground and and um, the, the seven mountains and arts and entertainment and all those things. And something that I've talked about uh frequently on Elijah Fire is the whole idea of, you know, if you look at even historically, like I would say even like let's use like the last hundred years, for example. Um culturally, people that influenced the 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 unpopular voice was typically a more like progressive, ungodly voice. They're coming in and they're being a disruptor of the status quo. They're being a disruptor of all these things. And so for years, we've been crying out, God, we want influence. We don't want to, you know, and actually what's happened now is the popular opinion culturally, at least um, in the, in the mainstream is a progressive viewpoint. That's the popular opinion. So actually the roles have flipped. So we're getting what we prayed for. The unpopular opinion is coming out and telling people the truth, you know? Right. Um, and so I look at that too, is like also an answer. So any resistance we have, I don't look at it as like, oh man, the walls are closing on and around us and we're done for. And like, I don't look at it that way. I look at it as that we are getting exactly what we asked for and we're being positioned to actually make impacts, greater impacts within society and culture. But even just like we become so reliant upon, um, I think uh, there can be a tendency even within Christianity to get locked into a specific, like I'm a storyteller, so I think a lot on those terms, but of like, very specific story points where it's like 
and and then here's the Jesus character, and then everybody's saved. And it's like I'm like boring, boring. Right. Like people are still gonna go, oh, that was even if you told it in a good way. It's like, okay, great. Okay, now let's go watch Stranger whatever. Things. So let's go watch yeah. whatever. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, and Christians even. You know, so it's like I. <laughs> I think we even need to start embracing creativity more of like, Hey man, like innovate, like, and be bold in that and not be like reliant upon, I need permission to do this because all the people that got into positions of success that are now pre preaching these messages that we disagree with, they, they fought their way in as well. And it's like, why I can think of no more noble thing than to represent God and enter into these industries that God has put you a heart on you to pursue and go do those things. So, yeah. Yeah. Even like on the topic of creativity. So obviously he's like super controversial, but like, like take the whole Kanye West situation that mm -hmm. happened. Right. Like we were praying and praying and praying that people in media and entertainment would get saved, that they would right. get radical. Right. Praying, praying, praying. I would go to these prayer meetings in LA and Orange County. Save Hollywood, God. Yeah. Do it, Lord. Do it, God. Right? And everyone's praying till they're blue in the face. So Kanye comes out and says, I'm a Christian now. I'm going to follow Jesus, right? We'll believe it when we see it, Kanye. Right. You know, like... And he's got his quirks, obviously, right? And he's a brand new believer. He starts doing these like church meetings, these like shows, and they're different than what we've ever seen in church, right? He's got like flowers in the middle and choirs and house thing. And it's all, it's so different. And we say, this is demonic. This is horrible, right? And all the prayer meetings for Kanye cease, right? And we become the very people that want to tear down the very thing that the Lord might be raising up. And then especially when it comes out to say to like the seven mountains thing, the Lord is going to raise up the people that you don't want him to raise up mm -hmm. to be the influence there. And it's going to like, and everyone says this, but no one realizes it. It's not going to look like how it's looked before. Right. So we ask for media and entertainment and it looks like Kanye West. And um, my husband and I went to one of his Sunday services. Oh, wow. And it was honestly one of the best gospel presentations I've ever heard. Wow. I literally was like, this is one of the best gospel messages I've ever heard in my life. And I've been to lots of conferences with the best of the best preachers. And when he did the altar call, he did a pure call to repentance, a call to like follow Jesus, to lay down your idols. And I would say a few thousand people gave their lives to Jesus. And yet outside, I would go to these church meetings and people are like, this is horrible. Did you hear that he was drinking a beer and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like what no. in the world? Yeah. Yes. And I just was like, and it, it showed me though, and this is pre 2020. It showed me, I literally felt this thing where I was like, man, I'm nervous for the church that we won't be ready for, for the seven mountains that we won't be ready for the people that the Lord raises up. Because even like when you watch the Chosen series and stuff, it's like the reason why the Pharisees hated Jesus was because he went against everything that they thought he was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And we watch the Chosen, we're like, oh, I love that Jesus. He's a misfit just like me. 
But then when God raises up someone that looks different, that has a different level That's of influence and isn't like you or like your church, we're like, this is anti-God and we got to mm -hmm. tear it down. And I think that's a big caution when it comes to creativity. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. And to be honest, I think that's why we kind of are horrible, honestly, creatively. And because we're so scared to offend the people that might crucify us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, just going back to Kanye West uh, for a second, I, the thing I really appreciated about his album is like, there's very real, like I was listening to it and I'm like, dude, like this guy's being more honest than a lot of Christian artists about struggles. I mean, in one song he's praising the Lord and another, he's talking about how he, uh, he's trying to do live Christ-like and he gets a fight with his dad and like all this stuff. And I'm like, those are very real things we get into yeah. the, that happens to all of us. And I remember just being like, like, I honestly think like he was, cause even he, like when he did that, he was calling out other like Christian rappers and being like, dude, you guys, what are you doing? Like be more like in line with like, be more relatable basically um, with people. And I think that there is, there is a, a fear. I was talking about this. Um, I've been talking about this with a couple of people lately about like the whole level of transparency, you know, and like there is a fear within any measure of influence that you have is like that level of transparency and honesty. And we're like, Oh, but we need to like show people that we're, that we have it all together. And I'm like, well, good luck, man. Like, cause we don't, <laughs> the reality is we don't like, I'm constantly having to reevaluate stuff in my life. And, and in one one season it was something that I thought was okay. Suddenly it's not. And, and being like, right. rather than fighting against that going, okay, no more of that. Or, Hey, talk about this less or talk about this more, you know? And it's like, um, but actually I wanted to ask you really quick, Jesse, um, uh, just the whole idea of influence. You're talking about self-promotion and, and watching out for that as someone who has a lot of influence. Like one thing like with me, I, I was referring to you, not me. Um, but um, but one thing with me is that like I and my my team can attest to this. I do not like posting things uh, with myself in them. And so I let them do it because they they're they can look at it more objectively because I I'll criticize everything I do or, or like I just don't I'm very uncomfortable with the whole thing. Uh, but as someone with a lot of influence um, that got, you know, God has blessed you with on different platforms. Like how, how do you navigate that? Especially for those that may be listening who are like, while I do actually see traction in this area, how do I honor that could actually be something that God wants to use, but how do I navigate that? Yeah. So it's kind of funny, but I feel like, um, laying it down for maybe a season hmm. is a good test to see if it's a God thing or an idol. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I'm just talking from a personal level, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously, like, we have a whole team that does our saturate, like social media. And then I have an assistant that helps me with my personal social media. And uh, like, every time I preach, my team's like, you got to do a reel of this and a reel of that. And there could be this temptation of being like, oh, I got to get like all this content out and do all this stuff all the time, right? And blah, 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 and like feed the machine. And uh, um, I, I think first, and I always say this, and it's so obvious, but we don't do the obvious things is 
like bringing it into the secret place, right? And asking the Holy Spirit, like, Holy Spirit, is this something that's becoming a problem or could become a problem? You know, like, is this something that could be an issue in the future that I need to like, just be aware of, right? And then I would say too, like checks and balances, right? So having people in your life that have the authority to call you out Mm. and tell you like, hey, listen, you're becoming a little narcissistic love you, mean it, but you're also kind of becoming an egomaniac because, you know, um, I probably won't watch the documentary on the whole Hillsong thing, but I had many of my friends that were involved in that whole falling apart of Hillsong, New York, that were on staff there. And they said, they're like, you know, we actually knew for years that it was all going downhill, but everyone was afraid to say anything. Wow. And I think that, again, um, and and here's the thing. It's like, people are like, oh, I can't believe Carl did that. Or I can't believe this minister did that. Listen, that can happen to everyone because everyone has different temptations and everyone has different baits. I always say, I'm like, everyone could become a drug addict. Everyone could commit adultery. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's just a slippery slope of compromise. And it's one thing after the other. And all of a sudden you're in the deep end and you didn't know how you got there. Mm -hmm. And I think that having people where you're not going to lash out on them that can tell you, listen, like I'm noticing that you're becoming unhealthily addicted to affirmation on social media. Mm -hmm. I'm noticing that, um, you know, you're preaching no longer out of conviction, but you're preaching out of what's going to get maybe more clicks or, you know, especially those that are ministers. Um, I, I sometimes see ministers do things that are going to get a bigger reaction versus what might be what the Holy Spirit's doing, right? And so having that person, and then also something that I do, I shared with you a little bit backstage, but um, the Lord always tells me, he's like, okay, the sin stuff, like you're good with. Like I, I repent of like little sins, like maybe a gossip here or like a bad attitude or some jealousy, right? But I I feel like when I go to a meeting, I'm like, oh, good. Like I've worked out this stuff. I don't need to repent of these sins. The Holy Spirit can now deal with some other stuff in me besides just convicting me of sin. But now I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to level things up where he wants to deal with good things. He wants to deal with things that, you know, everyone's doing, that everyone's allowed to do. And I, I've been telling our staff that um, from November to February, I'm doing something that's called the great pause, where I'm just going to just remove myself from the whole like world. And yeah. like, and honestly, like as an itinerant minister, it's like, that's the last thing you do. Like saying no to speaking engagements mm-hmm. is like the last thing you do. And um, getting off social media is bad, like, you know, in this day and age at, for itinerant ministers. But I just want to make sure I'm not doing things in my own strength. Yeah. And if things are moving forward, it's because the Lord's moving it forward and mm-hmm. not necessarily an algorithm. Mm, yeah, for sure. And I think, too, it really just comes down to, um, you know, because you can go, well, I also don't want to do things in my own effort. I mean, there could be some things like we were talking about earlier. It's like, if God calls you to something, position yourself so that when that door opens, you know, 
can go forward. Uh, but I mean, and the same can apply to a social media account. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, like everything needs to be through the lens of like an open hand to the Lord, Absolutely. not a closed hand shoved in your pocket, you know, uh, but an open hand. Because what I've often been like with certain things in my life, too, is like, God, I beg you, please take this away. You know, and he's like, OK, you can keep it. I'm like, no, like, take it away. Like, uh, no, I said, take it, God. Yeah. And so like that also can happen, too. And it's like sometimes we can think like, no, because my heart is to give it to the Lord, but he hasn't taken it away. And suddenly you think that you're doing something wrong because you still have it. You've right. got pride. You know, and it's like all right. that weird stuff. It's like, just make sure that your hand is open. So that if God takes it away, he can. And often too, it's, it's an upgrade. It doesn't, if he does take something away, it doesn't feel like it at the time. But again, the fruit, we're talking about producing fruit, like the fruit that that can produce is actually, you know, what I found is like what I truly desire where I'm like, man, like, yeah, that's actually what I wanted was this, this in here, not this other thing out here. Wow. And I just didn't know how to get there, but God does. That's the good news. So. Well, and that's where Jeff, like it really, I know everyone says this, but again, we forget. That's why it really is dependent on the relationship you have with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, again, like God may convict one person to something and tell another person to do that very thing. Right. And he, it says like, he searches our hearts. He searches all hearts. Right. Yeah. And his biggest thing is, is he doesn't want you to enter into eternity and have a million followers and a hardened heart. So he's going to do whatever he needs to do. And it's different for all of us, different seasons, right? Different times. So sometimes too, and that's why we need that relationship with him, because what's a word for one season, what's a go and green light in one season mm. might be a yellow light or red light in the yeah. next season. Yeah. And, and not to make an assumption that, that it's always green or it's always totally. red. Or... Oh my gosh. Totally. I remember even feeling like that with the beach revivals. I was like, green, 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 thousands of people coming. And then when the Lord said red light, I was like, no, you're crazy. And get stupid. behind like, me, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. Like, who turns away 5,000 people showing up to the beach? Like, no one. Right. But I, I needed to know for myself that I would follow his red light and his green light. And I think for a lot of people, and again, like I said before, um, if you feel there's a little small prompting to lay something down, even if it's a good thing, and it's like just coming up, I would say like, try it for a week. And if it's like horrible for you, like let's take something like social media, right? If it's so, like if it's really horrible for you that week, then chances are like it may have become a little bit of an idol. Mm. And like, I always say, it's like, if you can't lay it down, there's an indicator there that there is a problem. Mm. And even especially when it's connected to ministry, yeah, we can be like, well, I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm doing this for the Lord. And we don't realize like we're the best at deceiving ourselves. Yeah, And we can be like, and if, if you can't lay it down, then it, it might not be his thing anymore. Hmm. And so, and it, again, it's all reliant on your relationship with God. Cause there's times where I know for me, where the Lord's like, I want you to post three times today and get this testimony out and do it. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do anything. I want to just like hang out by the pool and like not do that, mm -hmm. you know? 
And so um, I think it's just, again, it's like keeping your hands open um, to receive, but also to lay down and give away. Yeah. And that comes with everything, social media, finances, where you live, ministry, friendships, your job, right? All of it is like, as soon as you can't lay it down, it's an idol. It's like, that's the biggest like, ding, ding, ding. There you go. You've got a problem there. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, also just about that whole laying things down, even with this stuff that was happening in California, um, wasn't the fruit of you you know, removing yourself from the situation and going where God was leading you. The, I mean, the part of the fruit of that though, if I'm not mistaken, was Joel and Ross, then, I mean, like maybe they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. If you had been, you know, a hoarder and been like, no, me, mine, you know, I built this. I mean, (laughs) I probably wouldn't share it on social media or anything, but like in my own journal, I have like, Tons of like ripple connection stories of God asking me to start something, telling me to stop so that someone else can do the next part or the Mm. next phase. And again, I think it's having that kingdom perspective where like, we're not the end all be all right. And yeah, like I gave my Jeep away to Joel and prophesied that he would go up and down California and preach the gospel and lead worship and he met Ross at that meeting and my husband and I are very involved, like in their lives and love them. And Catherine who's joined California will be saved. They met at our Kentucky camp meeting event. And it's like, God puts together those pieces. And I can tell you literally hundreds of stories of that happening. Mm. Um, And I think that's where, again, honestly, it makes it a little bit easier. The first few times you're like, uh, 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 but realizing like, okay, no, God is, it really, I think this revival really is very much like a ripple effect. Mm. And if we try to make it just about us, we could be robbing someone of their assignment. As yeah. Well. Your, your sacrifices, like the Jeep giving to Joel, Joel tells that story and it's a big moment for him uh, of confirmation to the Lord. So it's like our sacrifices suddenly become these landmark moments in other people's lives. Totally. Cause that's what totally. God is. It's cause it's about God. It's not about us. So I was totally. laying those things down and it's like, now what you're doing, I'm sure you'd be like, yeah, if I had held on to that other stuff, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Um, you wouldn't have probably written saturate, saturate everybody link is in the description. <laughs> it is. Um, no, I like that. You mentioned that though, with Joel and Ross, cause it is, it's more, and that's the thing we only see in part too, right? Like when God told me to give my Jeep to Joel, I didn't even know, like I kind of knew Joel. I met him like twice and I wanted to give my Jeep to Victoria, who's my assistant, who had the worst shoddy car in the world and needed a car. Mm-hmm. And I actually was mad at God because I was like, why would I not give my Jeep to someone that I've been discipling for seven years that needs a car yeah. that I like love and know. And that's something too, like we can try to like figure out our obedience in the way that makes sense to us. And then God was like, no, give it to him because he needs it for what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And if God told me like, and he didn't say he's going to start this thing called California will be saved and all the visions and dreams you've had for California I'm going to ask you to move and him and Ross are going to carry it out. And I didn't say all that. He just said, give him the Jeep. And uh, I think sometimes we don't realize like God might be giving you like a one sentence word that's connected to a big, great 
story that you might never even in your lifetime find out about it. And again, I even think about, I laugh. I know I mentioned Bob Jones before, but now like that he's an eternity, he probably has no idea the impact and the ripple that his prophetic words have had. And that now every time the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, his face is going to be plastered all over Instagram, right? And the legacy that he would have. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, you know, so many people, like I can name hundreds of people that have been impacted by um, his ministry. And yet, like, you, you just don't know all of that in this lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an exciting thing to think about is like, you don't know, hey, you know, God prompts you to do something that doesn't make sense to you, but to be obedient in that and then not seeing any fruit as a result of it, but knowing that God is using it and he used it and you don't know, like, right. I just don't know. So it, uh, that's, that's half the fun. It's like, God, God's not wasting. If he asks you to do something, it's not a waste. Even if you don't, you're like, it just things got really difficult for me at that time of me doing that, but it opened the door to this thing that, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's just, we just don't no, know. That's so good, Jeff. It's funny. Cause there's a lot of people know it, but there's a story of this revivalist in the early 1900s. And he had like these great revival meetings all around the country. His name was Mordecai ham. And he had these incredible revival meetings. And then he did this one revival, tent revival in North Carolina. And he wrote in his journal that it was his most unsuccessful event. And I think a lot of us, especially those in ministry, we we try to calculate like what works, what doesn't work mm -hmm. based on like how many salvations there were, mm -hmm. you know, how many miracles. Oh, yeah. And he wrote down his most unsuccessful event was in North Carolina. And he wrote never going back. Because like it was so horrible. And he said one teenage boy got saved. Like wasn't the thousands. It was one teenage boy. Well, we later find out in history that that one teenage boy was Billy Graham. And <laughs> it's and you can and you can see like if you Google it today, you can see the journal page. Where he's like, the day it was his, his least successful meeting in regards to our standards, right? And yet, would you say that leading Billy Graham to Christ was successful? Well, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, everyone would want to be the one that led Billy, Billy Graham to Christ. But no one wants to have that one person get saved at an event that costs thousands and thousands of dollars, right? Right. right. And so... I, and it's like, it's funny. It's like, everyone loves that story, but no one wants to live out that story. Yeah, it's not glamorous at all. <laughs> no. Dealing with the disappointment, the frustration, putting your stuff in your head in a pillow and, you know, groaning before the Lord as a result of, you I know. I quit. The prophecies yeah, oh, are not true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right, Jesse. Well, I would love for you to to pray for people, especially in regards to just, man, keeping our focus in the right place, um, but then however Absolutely. else you feel led. Yeah, Jesus, I just thank you that, um, like we said earlier, you are the victor, that, um, that you've conquered death and you have all victory. And I just pray right now that we would see things from your perspective. Yes. I pray right now for every 
single person that's listening, that that Mm -hmm. spirit of revelation, the spirit of wisdom Mm -hmm. would come over you, that you would literally start to have visions and dreams and be on the front foot, that you would not be in that defensive position any longer. But I pray right now that the Holy Spirit would thrust you into a front foot position, that you would be the tip of the spear, that you would be marching forward, that you would push forward and push into the enemy's lines. I pray that you would not be afraid of the darkness, afraid of the evil, but you would be an innovator. You would be creative, that your creativity would thrust forth and you would not be afraid of persecution in the church. I just break off that fear of man off of you in the name of Jesus. And I pray that there would be the spirit on you that would cause offense because you speak the truth with love, but conviction. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that you bring strength and boldness and courage back to the body of Christ, that we could be resilient, that we could have gumption again, Lord God. And I pray that with all of this, Lord, that you would return to every single one of us, help us return to our first love Mm -hmm. and remember Jesus, that you are so worthy. You are worthy of every sacrifice that you are calling us higher and you are calling us to life. And so I pray that we would easily lay down things that are leading to death and exchange them for the things of the kingdom and the things of the spirit that lead to life. And so I pray that transfer of wealth, which is from death to life, that transfer would happen now in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Uh, Jesse, how can people follow you? You also mentioned registration for next year's camping event. Yes. Uh, talk about that. All the good stuff. Yep. So you can go to saturateglobal.com and we have our commission on there, which is our revival training center. So if you want to be trained for ministry, want to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, baptize people, and it actually is effective then come to the Commission Training Center. And then our camp meeting next year is June 6th through the 9th. And then you can also visit us at thegreens.co or jesse-green.com. Boom. Um, And then, yeah, I'm also on Instagram. And I love saying hi on Instagram. And that's at jesse.green. And then also, if anybody is curious about the Seven Ways Prophecy and want a more documented, expanded breakdown her book saturate is fantastic it's uh it's a breeze to read really engaging but also really details um this seven waves prophecy um and that we're actively in right now and she has a lot of insight into that so check that out link is in the description to get that book as well so jesse thank you so much I was yes, love having you on the show. Jeff. It was great. I love being with you guys. It's it was raw and it was real. And that's what we Always. like. <laughs> yeah. So everybody, that's our show. Have a blessed Monday. Tomorrow we'll actually be live. We've got Jennifer Martin back. That's going to be great. Uh, so that's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also, ElijahFire.com slash donate. So you donate. All proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week. We like free. Uh, but then we take a portion of every donation we funnel into our amazing water well efforts. We've seen a lot of expansion in other countries uh, in terms of getting them fresh, clean water, transforming these communities because of your guys' donations. So God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Jennifer Martin. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. 
For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Donate today.